What radio, the music you want. Don't tell me you've never heard of me. The world's biggest windbag. With your host, he's Dan. God, I love my work. RadioWhat.com What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time! djlittlerock.com check availability and get a free price quote and maybe you can have me at your next event you know i like to party with the people the people need to be entertained are you not entertained let me entertain you i'll try not to sing (laughs) even if it's a karaoke show that i do for you i'll try not to sing you know a lot of people when i do the karaoke shows they think they go don't you sing i go no that would take like three or four minutes away from you guys it's all about you Speaking of entertainment, today on the program, Emily Glazner. I, I know you know who Emily Glazner is. If you're a longtime listener of the What Makes You Famous podcast, you know who Emily Glazner is of Red Iris, amongst other things. We're going to get to catch up with Emily Glazner, so stick around for that. This week's shows, I will be at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, Friday night, my regular Friday night gig, my my one public show. I do a lot of weddings and parties on Saturdays, and uh, you know those are my, my private shows. But on Friday night, that's my public gig. You're all invited. Come on out. Conway, Arkansas, the Rab, Friday night, 8 p.m. until... 1230 in the am video dance party karaoke jam yeah i said karaoke you're the stars of the show i'm just pressing buttons here allow me to press a button and play that song for you and let you be the star of the show for at least three or four minutes right depending on what song you pick yeah they got a full bar the kitchen's open pool tables they got a pool tournament on friday nights so if you want to try to make some money playing pool i encourage you to check out the rab conway arkansas friday night Don't worry, you got time. You got time to get there. (laughs) Come on out. That's my Friday night gig. Uh, (laughs) All right, let's get into it with Emily Glazner. I got her on Skype. So if you're listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version. And and, uh, you can see her pretty face right next to me. Skyping Emily Glazner now. There's the face I've been missing, Emily Glazner in the house. Ah, it's been four long months since last we spoke, and what a what an incredible, what a action-packed four months that has been. New things going on. What's happening with you, Emily Glazner? Uh, well, I've got my my new album just uh, is coming out uh, before the end, uh, or my actually my new album. My first album, like, you know, because everything else I've done is Red Iris. So my first album is coming out before the end of the year. And that's really super cool. And um, but my new single just dropped. uh, It's called Spotlight. And it just dropped on Monday. And, you know, a lot of people are really, really, 
really digging it and getting a lot out of it. And that was the whole point of it. So I'm really excited about that. This guy included. Oh, my goodness. The beginning of that song. All right. I kind of liken it. All right. Dare I say it? Uh, Freddie Mercury, when he came up with Bohemian Rhapsody and the beginning is very cut down. It's, it's yeah. him and a piano. The beginning of your song is you and a guitar really showing off the, the vocals, your pipes, which, oh, of course, amazing. You've been working them for the longest time. And yeah, they're, they're, they're well, well worn and well, well adjusted. I don't know if well worn, well adjusted and, and uh, very beautiful. But that beginning, that first minute is you and the guitar. And then, boom, here comes a band. Is that the whole? Wait, now you're gone solo, like uh, you know, like like that time Mick Jagger went solo for a little bit. You're still with Red Iris, right? Absolutely, I'm still with Red Iris. It's just um, it's a way to uh, express how just just they're just my feelings. You know, it's it's the name of the album is going to be called Finding Irene, and my middle name is Irene. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm really proud of my middle name. I was named after my great grandmother. But it is something that sets me apart by, from every other Emily that I've met. And there's a lot of Emilys out there. Mm-hmm. All you Emilys, we got a great name, don't we? <laughs> but besides that, you know, um, it sets me aside. My name is Emily Irene. That's, that, that's pretty rare, actually. So I enjoy the name Irene. And uh, it's about, for me, it was just, you know, I think you know, you know, I lost my husband seven years ago. And it really is about, you know, just kind of finding the things that I like. Like, I like the color red, you know. And I know that sounds like a crazy thing, but, like, I do. I do like the color red. I like black and red. It's really cool. But it was such a Longhorns fan. We couldn't have anything red in the house. If I wore something red, it, it, it was... It was a hoot. He, he could be so weirdly funny about particular things. But, um, you know, I like Converse. I don't always want to throw my hair back in a ponytail, you know, and those are things that he liked. He liked my hair in a ponytail, you know, looking all sportsy. And I like that, too. But I really do like my long hair and my and, you know, I'm very different than when I was married to him and when he was still alive and I'm kind of coming into that and being okay and not having any guilt with it. And just like, I like myself and um, it's been a journey, seven year journey of just finding me. You know, you're doing me. it. And, and I know we've, we've talked about this, uh, you've been on the podcast and this is probably your third time at least that you've been on the what makes you famous podcast and i'm so happy to talk to you it's you know i'm i'm the kind of fan who thinks that i know you better than i think i know you because you're on my screen uh doing videos every week at least once a week uh sometimes more especially those sunday uh, roundups i'm always thinking oh yeah i really really know this person well i guess we've kind of gotten to know each other over the over the past couple of years uh since the first time that you were on the podcast talking about red iris and yes you did uh really delve into your story so i encourage the listener hey anyone who wants to hear that full story go back you know there's tragedy in there but then there's there's good things you got some kids that came out of it and that's beautiful and, yeah. and you know you're a mama and 
you know what I like about when I do these with you, you're a pro because you do these videos all the time. You know how to to set the camera in front of you in a steady position, find a nice room. And if you're listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version because she has the posters of the icons in the background <laughs> and, and the things that really matter in Emily's yeah. life. Emily Irene, <laughs> which sounds like a song. Emily Irene, or I'll take you home again, Irene. No, okay. I don't know. Yeah. There must be an Irene song out there somewhere. An Irish jig or an Irish ditty. Any Irene songs Probably. pop in your head? Probably. No, I, 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 I know that there are definitely songs about Irene, um, but uh, I, <laughs> I can't think of a video off the top of my head right now. Well, I know Irene is kind of an older name. You know, it's definitely something that, it hey, it, it came from your grandma, and that keeps her alive forever and ever. That's how we stay immortal, is we get remembered. You remember your husband. You remember your grandma. You remember the people that have come and touched you in your life and the people that have gone. And, you know, bonus for you, bonus for them, is you get to put that in song and make them live forever and ever through song, through yeah. through the art that you create. Oh, yes. But you know, hey, 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 you know, I digress. I I, I love the the fact that you're a songwriter. I love the fact that you're a musician and a singer. Uh, you know, these are all things that I aspire to be, but I will I will probably never be because all I my my lease in life is promoting other people. I love talking to to people such as yourself, creators. I'm the guy that presses play and your song comes out. Here comes Spotlight. And, you know, which is a, a song that really is in three minutes, you explain a big chunk of your life. Tell me about Spotlight. Yeah. Did you write that yourself? And how did that, that come up? That is completely my song, uh, Spot, Spotlight. Um, but Jorg, Klein in Germany, he he brought it to life in the sense of the the, the instruments that he picked. He's my producer and uh, uh, collaborator in the in the sense of you know bringing that great sound to it. But the song is mine. Um, I think in 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 life there are certain people who come into your life and they change you in such a way. And I had that. And there are three girls or three women. I'm Women in particular, um, uh, Celeste Velasquez, uh, <clears throat> Donna Burns, and um, uh, um, Caroline Perez, uh, they, I played music with all of their husbands, you know, and they brought me into the fold of, like, the band family in a way that was never patronizing and never, oh, we, well, let's bring the widow because, you know, it was never like that. It was always you know, come on, let's do this, you know, it'll be fun, this is the, it was just such a great thing, like, bike riding, like, we do this thing before COVID, we did, it was a ride till you fall off, so it was a pub crawl, so much fun, just a blast, you know, we do that during uh, uh, St. Patty's, or we do it during uh, Day of the Dead, just a lot of really fun, cool things that we would do, and they brought me into that fold, and they just, it was never, oh, you poor little thing, it's just like, you know, let's get on with life, but not in a mean way. Just, uh, uh, I know Celeste Velasquez, she said to me, she said that you're so strong. You know, Emily, you are. You are strong. And I remember telling her, Celeste, I'm not strong. I just don't have any choice. And she got in my face and she's like, no, ma'am. 
you do have a choice. There are women who give up. They bring some other person into their life to, to help them do everything. And she goes, and you took care of the kids and you do it on your own. And she goes, you know, and that's, there's honor in that. And that, you know, there are people who meet other people. I just didn't. I wanted to make sure that I raised my boys. It, it was me. And I don't, I don't fault anybody for doing it any other way, but I like the fact that I'm bringing them up the way that I believe that he would have. Like, I even tease my children mercilessly, <laughs> just the way I know their dad would. But it's about those women coming into my life and building me up. And there are other women, like my friend Lisa and Stephanie, how they came into my life and how they build me up. And one of my best close friends, Ella, she did the same thing. And, you know, women, we as women get a really bad rap of, you know, getting up the ladder by pushing other women down, you know? And I think that's crazy, and we shouldn't do that. It does happen, but it shouldn't be that way. It should be, I hear you, I'm listening, I know your story, you tell me everything that's going on. And there's a line that I use in the song, it's, you know, only you write your song. Only you can tell me who you are, you know? And I just, I just love that idea. Um, I, there's a lot of artists that I, I, I know on Twitter. Uh, the one in particular, uh, her name is Helen Andrews. And I met her because remember I talked to uh, Eddie Izzard January 5th, 2021. I say that, but we both talked to Eddie back to back. And she watched me and she thought, oh, what a lovely person. Then I watched her right after and I thought, oh, what a lovely person. And we throughout you know the months just kind of became twitter friends and aren't we lucky she wrote this beautiful song for uh nazanin you know free nazanin in in uh in the uk and explain uh, a little bit i i i'm i, I don't know what nazanin is uh, i'm gonna get it all messed up i promise you i will Stay but, fuzzy. Uh, there's we'll a woman fuzzy. who is imprisoned and i believe it is in iran and she was supposed to be in prison for five years but now that five years has passed and they're wanting, you know, the government to do something to bring her home. Now, forgive me if I get any of that wrong, but that's the short, short of it. She's got a daughter. She's got a husband. He was doing a hunger strike, you know, to try to get the government to, to pay attention. And my friend, Helen, you know, this is that whole spotlight. I know you asked me about spotlight, but this is where spotlight comes from. Uh, my friend, Helen, is such a wonderful person, wrote a song. Uh, and it's called Free Nazanin, and it's just absolutely beautiful. I did another interview with a radio station, and they asked me what songs do I want to hear, and I picked the band Hennessy and <laughs> Helen Andrews' Free Nazanin. You know, that's spotlight. That's bringing people up and pushing them up, and, you know, you know, you got it. You rise where you fall. You just keep going, and we'll be here behind you, pushing you, supporting you all the way. You know, but uh, I, I love what Helen did. I love the wonderful kind of person that she is. And uh, she reached out to me and said, hey, will you just sing the chorus, you know, and I and put it on, on, on Twitter. And I was like, absolutely. You know, so I was like, I hit her up and I was like, what is it like? D, A, G, uh, B minor on the round. And she was something like D major seven. Like I dumbed it down completely, but it made it sounded great. Yeah, I know like you look at it and be like, I don't know what that is. I know what it is. I dumbed it down because her, her version is so beautiful. And I sang the chorus and I put it up 
And I just, you know, she says such a beautiful, wonderful thing. And that, that's a woman that I know. I know a, a lady named Lynn Raja. I did an interview on her and finding out how wonderful she was. I, I, I've struck up a friendship with her. She's got this great music. She's classically trained and she does, you know, it's, it's, it's electronic music, but in such a brilliant way. So that's what I mean in spotlight, you know. We should lift each other up in, in, in a way to to better ourselves and each other instead of bringing each other down. See, I love that you're doing. You're saying that. I have a real Pollyanna attitude uh, where I think that most people are good. Most people are trying to help uh, uh, help out, out another uh, one another. I think, uh, yeah, you take care of yourself. Make sure that you're, uh, you know, set and you have a roof over your head and food on your plate, and then try to take care of somebody else. And and, and I love that that you did a radio interview, and out of all the songs you could have picked, you picked this one song from an independent artist that touched your heart, and she's trying to do something for somebody else for another yeah. uh, woman who was yeah, stuck in jail exa- that was exactly it yes she's just she has a beautiful voice a beautiful talent but what she was saying like you know how some people say things in songs where they're they skip around it she doesn't skip around anything but she does it so elegantly and she's right to the point i love it but, you know um Hel- helen is a, is a wonderful person um like I said, Lynn, Lynn Raja is also a wonderful person. I, I love the band Hennessy. Oh, Caitlin Gray has like this amazing, beautiful voice. This is another lady that I know who she uh, um, she sings in French in such an amazing way. And then, of course, in English. And then I'm like, I don't even know how you do that. Like, oh, I love it. Because, you know, my Christmas song that I, I, that'll be released in a few weeks, I sing in other languages. But it's the best it's just merry christmas and this lady's singing like i I don't know it's just wonderful and her voice caitlin's voice is smooth and beautiful and soothing and powerful and i'm just looking at it like oh my gosh i love it i love how we're all kind of different but all the same and we all have that same drive uh there's an amazing uh, um there's a lady named abby k actually She's a wonderful young woman named Abby Kay, uh, and she plays bass in her rock band. There's so many really amazing women out there, and, and I'm throwing these out because I know them like in the sense of uh, social media. And some people think social media isn't personal, but actually it can be very personal. It's how you handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever I'm talking to people, I, I, I really enjoy... You know, get, letting them know who I am, this way I am doing with you, you can see I ramble, and getting to know them, you know, and it's a really wonderful way you can do something like that. Like you and I, we met through Twitter. Yes, we did. And I do uh, appreciate that you, uh, that you keep up with people on Twitter. Uh, yes, it can be used for good. Here, listener. It can be used for good. You have Jorg out there in Germany that's mixing your songs. And you talked about Abby I Kay. I have, I have one Abby Kay that I talked to on the, um, on the podcast. Another Abby Kay that's, uh, I think she's in the, the, the Northwest in Oregon or, or uh, Washington, yeah. somewhere out there. And then while I was you know following her on Twitter and I looked up Abby Kay, the Abby Kay base came up as well. So I started following yeah. her as well. And I, yeah, I'd love to have her on the podcast and, and, and chat you with her a little bit about her. what's going she's on. She's an amazing young woman. Mm-hmm. She's very, very talented. I'm, I'm impressed, you know, because I've, I've done the same kind of thing like for years and years and years. You, know, you do those gigs, you play outside and she's one of those people who she's a hustler. Very impressed. I like her quite a bit. You know, Fantastic. it's always it's always fun. 
you know. But all right, this is the first time you've gone solo. I mean, what is it that was the the band taking downtime? I guess because of COVID, and you're stuck in in your room by yourself, and and you're just like, huh? What am I going to do with my life? I'm a creator. I got to create. And did you? Did you write? Okay, you have the spotlight, but you say you have a whole album. Do people put albums oh, yeah, out I've anymore? Got, I've got twelve. Oh yeah, yeah, I've got twelve songs that on an album, including my Christmas song. So uh, yeah, and definitely people still put put out albums. Yeah, but, I, I but say right art, now, artwork I and, listen and to life. music a lot of times in albums. Like I, I, I love Sarah McGinnis's Bro- "Unbroken." I listen to that at least once a week. <laughs> so uh, and the album all the way through. Um, uh, uh, another thing is like I, I I love listening to the Black Keys uh, Turn Blue. Oh, that's such a cool album as well. You know, these are things that I really, but I like to listen to it in the album. And then I have days where I just want to listen to my playlist on iTunes. So you know, uh, but there are uh, James Taylor. I know it's a greatest hits, but the greatest hits album, which is very very famous, and I broke my father's cassette of it because I listen to it so much. I listen to that in the album form. I don't want to come in any other way. You know, that's how I want to hear it. Uh, 11-17-70. It's an Elton John album. I listen to album-wise. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't want it mixed all around. I just want to hear that album. There's a a few of them that are like that, you know, that I just I'm really particular about. Oh, you're talking about greatest hits. I love the idea of putting Oh. Yeah, I, I I love albums. I mean, I was a baby DJ back in '86 when I I first did yeah, my I did my first that. gig and I I got paid fifty bucks. Yes, that that made me a professional DJ. So uh, fifty dollars you know, in 1986 was a lot, though. Yeah, but I paid seventy five dollars to rent the equipment from Guitar Center. But you know. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was an opportunity but uh no i spent my days at the record store looking thumbing through albums looking at the artwork looking at the liner notes uh hey could you play this going into the into the listening booth with a pair of headphones similar to what i'm wearing right now and listening to a brand new song and then uh, you know i have a, a gig at a club my job is to play that new music. So yeah, I'm pulling out Spotlight this week and I'll be playing it at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. And people are going right to go, what on. is this? Awesome. What is this? <laughs> oh, that's Emily Glazner. Emily Irene Glazner. She's, I noticed I've uh, I changed your your subtitle there on your on the uh, po- on, on the broadcast software. It says Emily. I see Irene that. I like that. I'm, I'm very proud. Like I, I'm very proud of Irene. And 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 to answer your question, other. Uh, there was music that I, I was writing, and um, I really like it. And but it's not necessarily not all of it is very Red Irish kind of music. You know, some of them are ballads. There's one. It's called uh, "Petal." It's the "Petal of a Rose," and it literally is about. Uh, it's, it's 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 very personal. It's it's about the last days with my husband, and then the memories of when before we even thought this would happen, and and. Uh, what it's like to kind of be, you know, when you go through something like that and you're standing in the funeral or you're standing or you're, you're walking through and you're picking out your 42 year old husband's casket color with his mother. So you're with his mother, which is her only child. And you kind of can't break down because you're there for her, you know, and your kids are so small and you're there for them. So you almost kind of cocoon yourself into this, like, Almost not feeling, and even though you're there, you're not there. It's almost like you're floating above yourself. 
doing these kind of things. So going back and remembering them and feeling it and I'm not the only one who's ever gone through that. I'm not the only one who's ever going to go through that. But my great message to whoever is, unfortunately, you're not alone. It's okay. And some things do get better. You always miss them. The, like the hurt's still there. It's still lying under there. It, it's, you know, that pain. And, you know, you kind of like things kind of cover it up with time. But time doesn't make it go away. You just learn how to live with it in a different way, you know, and try to say this hurts. Somebody else is probably hurting. And what could I do that would make them feel better? You know, I just try to take that pain of something and make it in a positive thing. You know, some people will dance around and they won't ask you. And they'll say, you know, I really didn't want to ask you about blah, blah, blah. You should. You know, actually, I think a lot of times people want to get the chance to say, this is how I feel. And if you don't ask, they never have that chance because then they think they're burdening you. But if you ask them, they will tell you. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I, the strength of people and the strength of a woman and the strength of a mother in particular is the they're the, you're the strongest women. You're the strongest people in the world. My mom, she didn't go through death, but she went through divorce. And, you know, the other D that happens, you know, four. She's on husband number four. And each one of them tore a little piece out of her. And she's told the story on the on the podcast before. And she's she's told this story publicly. And But they tear a little piece out of her. But she never she kept that public face. You know, that strength for uh, the two boys in the house, her kids, her, yeah. little, her little ones who were going through it. And she had to protect us. And that's what yeah. you do. The strength of, of. Oh, my goodness. You you think you, you want to, uh, to uh, brush it off. Oh, I'm not strong. I'm just I'm just Emily. I'm just Irene. I, you know, I'm I'm nothing special, but you are special. You you. Uh, through that that hardship you could have shut it down you could have said oh i'm just gonna crawl into a box and and that's it i'm done i'm i'm gonna sleep all day and my kids can take care of themselves but no you you took care you you found the the courage and the strength to to go on to persevere and that's what you do and and you're writing the songs and you're uh you're 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 immortalizing you know, not just your husband, but all the other people that have touched your lives that have come and gone. And so tell me about some of the other songs. I mean, the the, um, um, you know, the spotlight is definitely, uh, you know, uh, it may not be entirely about you, but it is a big chunk of what you go through. Hey, I, oh, I'm, the spotlight yeah. is all different kinds of people in my life. You know, like I said, but the women, but um, stand up and sing. I have a very good friend and I talked about his wife. I talked about Celeste Velasquez. I was talking about Jean. Jean Velasquez was my boss for years. We worked side by side, almost like brother and sister. I mean, we, we and we could argue like, like that too. We just clicked in such a way that it was so, he could tell me things that no one else could tell me. He could literally say things. I remember problem and he turned around and he said they just don't know how to talk to you if I were and then he said think of it this way and he said it in a different way and I just understood it like he literally knew how to talk to me and I can remember there was a show that we were all at and it was a jam and it's where you all get together 
and you've been uh, playing different gigs for a couple of weeks, but they would have a jam on Sundays here in Houston. And I remember there were these girls and they were up on the stage and they were trying to sing over each other. And I was going to be coming on and singing in a couple of uh, minutes because that's what we all did. You know, we just got up there and sang our new songs and things like that our new covers that we were doing. And I remember so clearly Gene turned around and telling me, he goes, just stand up there and sing, girl. Just be you. There's always going to be someone better, and it's okay. Just be you. And that gave me more confidence. I remember I got up and I, I let the person harmonize with me and go all over the place because once you're up there, other people believe they need to jump up on stage with you too, which is fine and fun. And I'm that kind of person. It's really easy to sing with me. Even if I'm like the lead singer, I will let you, I'll let you have it because I have that in my head. I have his words in my head. Just stand up there and sing, girl. There's, there's only you. You're, you're the only you, you know, uh, and there's always, it's because no matter what you do in the world, there's always going to be someone who's going to be a eventually better so just do what you do there's just you you're the only you and and you know it's funny i've talked to him about it and he kind of i think he kind of remembers it we'd never admit it like oh yeah, yeah, yeah you know guy guy but uh it's probably something he just said in such passing but it made such a um a point in my life you know to really understand yeah there is just one emily irene and uh, i'll do my own thing and so that's a part of, you know, Spotlight. I told you the part that was Celeste and the girls, Dinah and, 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 uh, um, and Caroline, um, they, they both say this line, my sweet girl, sweet girl, you know, oh, sweet girl, you know, and they say it in different kind of ways. And I like that. And so I put that in there. And then I, I've done other songs. You know, like I like um, there's a song called I Lost Her. And I'm almost singing in the way you've lost a mother. But I know that when I'm singing it, it was a friend that I lost. She was 32 years old. And uh, we met each other because when we were kids, 18 and 15, we both were fans of Elton John. And we were fans of an Elton John um, uh, um, fan club type thing. And we rode in and they kind of put us together. And so we became pen pals and we just adored each other. And we were so polar opposite, you know, so, um, uh, I, I, I learned so many Yiddish words from her. I loved it. I loved her family. I would go and I would have Thanksgiving with their family, like two, three years in a row, spent part of a Christmas there, even though it's, you know, Hanukkah, it was just really wonderful. And she died suddenly at 32. She died in a hospital and, it was just she went in for pneumonia and she never came out like by the by the early morning of the next day. She'd had a massive heart attack and it's just awful. And I found out about it on Facebook and immediately called her mother. And I kind of just because I was still in that morning of, you know, Christian, uh, just you kind of take on this really weird numbing thing. And, and uh, I dream about her at times. So I decided to sing this song for her and write the song called I Lost Her. And when it is done, I will send it to her mother and her sister. And them, because, I mean, they were really wonderful, beautiful people in my life as well. But that is something, uh, I, I, I like the fact that I'll, I can share that with them. And I know there's a lot of people who've lost people like that. I sing it in the way that I'm talking about a mother, because I think that's very universal. Mm. But um uh, one of the lines is, I remember the way she smelled and how she walked. Because everybody has a different gait 
and most people have a different wonderful smell about them and most people would think about that, that about their mother but I remember that about Tracy she always had this you know almost like vanilla it was very strange but yeah she was wonderful so yeah. I wrote that about her I, I wrote I know, quite a few uh, songs about different people but yeah I know those people that you know when they die and they they you know those first few day, days yeah, I remember at least one in particular, my grandfather, when he died, those first few days afterwards, I was thinking, is he really, did he really die last night? Did he really die a couple nights ago? It's, it's, you have to come to grips that you're not going to see that person anymore. Yeah. And I, oh, I remember these feelings and, you know, you're writing them down. And like I said, you're keeping these people immortal forever and ever. That's a, a superpower that you have to uh to write songs and yeah you, you put them out there and i could tell that they're not red iris songs these are songs that are more emily irene songs these are personal yeah. to you and you're that, that that's exactly it you're taking the experiences I, of your life and putting them out there to the yeah. world you're you're opening wounds you know that that really you could have left closed but you're ripping band-aids off you're you know slashing open cuts and and letting people see the real you well i like i think i said in the beginning uh, of our interview um i am not the only one who's ever done this i'm not the only one who's ever gone through, through it and i'm not the only one who's ever going to and there be several people after me who, that i'll know that go through something and i think just having just a little bit of knowledge i once was able to tell a friend what their dad was going to look like after he passed away i know that sounds crazy i said but you know it's gonna it's gonna freak you out but they're okay it's okay you know because a lot of people have never seen a dead body unfortunately i have seen too and so it's that kind of you know there's the little bit little bit of billy bit bitty things really can help in such a way you know i know this particular friend it did kind of help you know afterwards talked and they were like yeah Knowing that that's what was going to happen made it a little bit okay, that kind of thing. I mean, we talked about my grandfather. You talked about your, your grandfather. I wrote a song that's on this album, and it's called Mississippi Take Me Home because I'm from Mississippi. And while I was recording it, I added lines. It was almost like it just came through me, you know, about my grandfather. Because the song was always about my grandfather. But I put in a personal touch, like, uh, we're from Natchez. But they lived in a town right outside of Natchez called Sibley. So I made sure that went in. So my family will know Sibley. Yeah. And um, how did you slide that in? Did you did you just come out and right on the nose say Sibley, Mississippi? Yeah, I said, Mississippi, take me home to that house in Sibley. Uh, I know that I won't roam Mississippi. Take me home. Like, it, I know I can never go back. The way I'm saying it in this song is I know that I can never, ever go back to, to the Mississippi I had as a child. And my Mississippi childhood, were, uh, so many my grandparents, you know, running through their acreage, <laughs> you know, they had this big farm. I remember when there was no pond. I remember they had a pond. I remember when they took the pond away because, they, they, you know, it was just so I can remember so many things. But he would say uh, hello and goodbye and good night and good morning the same way. He would always say, you know, I love you, girl. That's how he would say all of his greetings, it was, and, and he had no teeth. He looked like the bitter beer man. <laughs> he, he he was a, a teenager on a navy ship, at, you know, um, when when uh, 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 Japan was bombed. You know, um, he was he'd seen so much in life. You know, he he he'd come into his own, 
as an oil man and finally he did so well sold it to another company and you know it's we talked about uh, my, my my family and 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 then you know some of them in the oil business before so I, it was just such a neat thing to be able you know i i, I talked about how you know i can remember being a young young kid because he you know he, he was an old man uh riding on his shoulders there aren't very many pictures of things like that but i remember that you know i remember about holding his hands and i remember seeing my son who was 19 that was his great grandfather and they were close and he did those things too and i know all of my cousins they how much they loved him and like i said everybody's got that grandparent that you just whether it's your grandmother or your grandfather that you just you just adored they were just good you know he's a so that, that's he's, why i share it he's living forever yeah, he's living forever because of you you know, partially because of you. I'm sure other people remember him. He sounds like a character, <laughs> quite quite a fella. And uh, I'm glad that you shared that story about him. So how did that the pond go away and come back? What, what was that? Uh, all about? <laughs> so I can remember. What, well, like I said, that they had that, you know, we we've never had a lot of money, but they did have a lot of money at one time. And so I can remember that my grandmother wanted a pond. So I remember coming down there and when all that, they, they, they dug up a certain area, then they, you know, made it really, really muddy. Then they filled it in. Then I remember when bringing the fish in. I remember when they went to go get cattle, you know, because I picked, we all got to pick out one. The one I picked out uh, that pr- produced quite a bit of <laughs> uh, 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 calves. So, <laughs> like, I remember that really well. Because they 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 sent their 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 cattle off to, to butcher, whenever the, the, you know, and however you feel about, you know, being a vegan or a vegetarian or things like that. When we were all going through a hard time in the eighties because of the oil field crash, because my grandparents had that cattle, none of their grandchildren went hungry. You know what I mean? They would always make sure that, you know, there was plenty of meat in the freezer. They'd all gone through the depression, those kind of things. I mean, like those were good things that I remember, you know, that 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 in their mind is how they were help, helping to take care of their family. Not that my uncles and my dad couldn't take care of the family, but it was such a great way to help your sons and their families these are these are men's men and women's women that you know our grandfathers they're self-sufficient they can get a piece of land and uh, work that land till that land grow grow some food on that land and uh if everything shut down tomorrow oh my family would be all right we we got this little that's little exactly area. how they did live in, in- you know, I can remember they 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 always had preserves. I'm not big on preserves because they always had preserves, <laughs> you know. And uh, uh, but boy, my grandmother made the best fried chicken in the world. My dad does a really great job of it. I went and spent last year. I spent about a week with my uncle Arthur and my aunt Linda. And I was very close to them as children. So to have my children experience them was really wonderful. But I'm telling this story because um, I think it's so important. I got up and I could smell a familiar smell, a smell that I hadn't smelled in years. And I came in and my grand, my grandfather's biscuits were standing right there. You know, and so you're like, oh, man. I looked at my uncle and he's like, go on, girl, get you some. Go on, go on, go on. You know, and I was like, 
Uh, I didn't know there's even tomato gravy, you know, the way that it was made when I was a kid. I took one bite and my son kind of laughed at me because I'm not kidding. I had like a tear just roll down my face because, you know, there, there's things you never think you'll taste again because a taste holds a memory. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a I could just see him all over again. I could hear the, the sounds outside just from eating that middle. And I got the middle biscuit. I had one edge biscuit and one middle biscuit, you know, just make it the memory just right. But it was amazing. And I I know everybody's got stories like that, 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 that they remember. So whenever I'm singing Mississippi, take me home, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, for yeah. sure. The the sounds, the smells, the tastes, they take you yeah. back to a, a certain place. Uh, you know, I've talked to people from all over the world, and, and the one thing that binds us is food, all right? You go to Mississippi, you get that good home country, southern Mississippi. This is that biscuit. This is that preserve. Yeah, I ate mm-hmm. too many preserves when I was a kid. I'm tired of preserves, but then you yeah, take that. You take, yeah, you take that spoonful and you go, Hey, I remember this. I remember there's yeah, always that, that one food that, that you ate way too much so of good. when you were a kid. And you're like, I'll never eat that again now that I'm an adult. But you go back home, you're going to eat that food again. And it's going to take you back to when you were a little kid on that farm, on that piece of land with your family. Ah, nothing's as, uh, nothing is as good or as strong as family and feelings. And you're. And, and the sounds of music, too. I, I mean, I'm bringing it back around to the to the music that you've been playing, the music that you've been making, uh, the Red Iris music, and the, the solo project that we're talking about right now, Finding Irene. Oh, yeah. you know, Emily, I love talking to you. I do. I really do. And I love seeing your videos. Uh, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a fanatic, you know, of you and the Red Iris band, but mostly you. Don't tell the rest of the guys. It's mostly you. I won't say a word. <laughs> you know they'll be listening to this. Yeah, they will. Find out what you said Especially about him. OG. Now, tell me about I Jorg. Tell me about Jorg over in Germany. How'd you I come across him? I was just going to say, Jorg is, is, is amazing, wonderful, talented. We had a meeting today. It's probably supposed to last like 30 minutes. I don't know. We were probably like on a zoom meeting for an hour and a half it was great we went over the album we talked about you know things that we needed to do i got to tell him you know face to face we'll zoom face to face oh my god i love it when you do this like we were talking about mississippi take me home he gives that such a southern feel and i do not mean country i mean southern it's great it's got like dobro and banjo and and the you know the hammond organ and i i recorded a bunch of vocals to get a choir and he added for a choir you know his vocals for a choir so you've got this really cool sound and uh, uh he said you know you could you could smell the 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 weather and the and and see the uh, and see the the alligators in the water we actually say crocodile, but I didn't want to. Didn't want to correct him. My, my mama, my, my mama, my mama said that. My mama said the alligators. My mama, my mama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. What do you send Jorg? Do you send him a guitar riff? Do you send him the vocals yeah. only? Are you recording well, stuff in your room? I have a friend. I have a friend, and his name is Matt Gary, and uh, he's done my my the last tracks of the album. He did. But I also have a friend named Keith Newman and um, uh, Grace, and I can't ever, uh, forgive me, Grace, I will, I will remember your name, uh, how to say that. And she's like 16 years old, and she's actually the one who recorded, let me see if I can find her name, because I'd really like to say it the correct way. Uh, she's actually the one that recorded the dry vocals for Spotlight. 
So I'd really like to make sure I get that right. I mean, but are you going to yeah. a studio that she's kind of makeshifted, maybe in a closet mm-hmm. somewhere? Well, it was kind of a makeshift studio, and this was probably April. Uh, but it, it's Grace Kromecki. Kromecki. I'm sorry. C R O M I K A. But she is great, and she um, she's like 16 years old, and you know. Uh, she recorded it for me because we were Red Iris had worked with her, and so we after that, you know, school, all kinds of things with my school, and she's still going to school, but she's learning how to do all these things. So she did that, and then she sent me the dry vocal, and I sent that off to Jorg, and I sent that off to Jorg because he and I had set and had a meeting because he knows so much about music. I asked him just in passing. I just. You know, I messaged him. I said, hey, I want to talk to you about music and about what you think about touring and what you think about writing and promotions. And, you know, and so we set up a time days later and we got on well because we had done an interview like you and I are doing. And uh, he said, you know, just just really in passing. Oh, well, you know, if you think you have something really good, send it to me. So I send him the dry vocal of Spotlight. And then he hits me up like eight hours later. Like, this is great. We can do this with it. This is what, you know, and we did. That That's how that came about. So that was really awesome. Um, but, yeah, I send him a dry vocal and I send him me playing the guitar. But he... He plays all the instruments. He takes me playing the guitar as learning the chords and how I want the song to go. And then he interprets with his, the instruments that he's using. So it's my vocals, my melody, my uh, um, my lyrics and all that. And then I send it off to him and he does the magic that he does with it. Like he does the drums and the bass and the banjo and the dobro and the sly guitar and all kinds of other. He's like, I use such and such and blah, blah guitar. And he's all excited about it. And I'm like, yeah, sounds great. I don't know anything about guitars. You know, I play guitar. I don't know anything about guitars. So it's really wonderful to have somebody so talented. You know, like none of this would be able to, I would be able to do had I not had the um, friendship with George that, George that I did. So it's really a really awesome just kismet you know the world aligning in such a way i mean think about it it's germany i'm sending this music to germany and it's coming back to me and i'm in league city texas man how wonderful is the world and for people who are like i wish things were back the way they were no not at all things are great man (laughs) <laughs> just think about how hard how hard that would be able to do and just even the 90s you couldn't do it this like world this. is getting it's smaller and smaller I, i'm so amazed i talked to i talked to a guy in in australia who has a basis in in the arab estates and and then uh and his uh his drummer is in germany and he put it all together in australia and there's a a whole record but your your jorg sounds like a david copperfield sounds like a magic man how many instruments is he playing everything yeah or is it the is it synthesizer yeah yeah he's got like this hammond organ that you're like oh okay a couple songs have that on it and you're just like even when you listen to spotlight you can hear that in there and you're like shut up that is amazing you know i have this song that i'm extremely proud of it's called like a circle and um what he did with that i just because the idea of that song is there in in the story there is a, a man and a woman and the woman passes away and the last thing that she said to him is um you gotta cross the bridge you gotta run the last mile and you gotta wear your smile like it's armor 
she's saying that to her and to her to him and her children. And so then he moves on and he's he's you know he's trying to find solace and it's really hard. So like in a way he's me. And then he helps another person and then that person helps another person and then it goes around like a circle. So throughout the song those words, you know, you got to cross the bridge got to run the last mile you got to wear your smile like it's armor that means you don't let them beat you down you know just keep walking through it you'll make it i don't know where i got the lyrics but i just did you know like you know that i'm a really big eddie Izzard fan oh and i remember watching eddie run uh i i I watched every single minute (laughs) of the marathons from january 2021 you might say no you didn't and i'll be like yes i did my friends thought i was crazy they're like let's go out drinking i was like nope nope nope. i gotta be up at 5 45 to make sure i'm awake by 5 55 to make sure that by 6 a.m i am watching the entire because like when else are you gonna get to see do you know how many amazing people there were that were even on it it was almost like a six and a half hour podcast Plus, afterwards, you get to watch a really, at times, a really, really funny uh, stand-up show to note because, that, that, you know, she was doing it to no one. And then after that, or sometimes it was just like, did Eddie just fall asleep for a second? Yep, sure did. But then you're like, but how wonderful and amazing. What a cool, interesting thing. I'm so glad my friends laughed at me because I was so tired during all of February. Like I was just exhausted from, I didn't miss any of it. And if I had fallen asleep and if something happened, I'd go back and I'd watch that part that I missed on YouTube just so I could say, I've seen it all. <laughs> That's a fan. That's a fan. I mean, I like Eddie Izzard. Yeah. He's a good storyteller. And, and the, the experiences that he's had uh, with his transgender and, and uh, gender fluidity, I, I'm not sure exactly what he wants, uh, he or she wants to identify as, but I, I, I love him. I love the being that is Eddie Izzard. He's a cool... It, yeah they they are a cool dude yeah i don't know cool people cool human very cool human yeah um eddie from from what i know of uh being a fan eddie has boy mode and girl mode some people don't like that terminology but well really what else would you use right. i mean that is somebody who literally has boy mode like a mode with their you know especially you know oh like the Lost Symbol is such a cool show. If you aren't watching it, you should be watching it. I'm not NBC, watching it. It's on Peacock. It's a Dan Brown series. So if you like, you know, a uh, 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 Da Vinci Code and stuff like that, me and my eight-year-old watch it, which is crazy because it is kind of dark, but we really enjoy it. And then the last, the last episode is tomorrow on Thursday. So people, if you're listening, check out the Lost Symbol. It's so wonderful. Besides that, what I was saying is, um, you know, I, I think Eddie's a really great, wonderful person. And I like the fact that I am a big fan. I know that uh, at the moment, Eddie's in, in, in girl mode. So uh, it's not, I, I've never actually heard Eddie Izzard say, I want to be, you know, I want these pronouns actually, uh, you know, for in that sense of like uh, being mean and saying that. There's just, uh, I've, I've never seen Eddie be uh, cruel or rude to anybody saying he or she or anything like that. To me, it just, it's just Eddie, just a really wonderful, great person. And I think she's pretty awesome. So, well, I'm a dinosaur. I'll probably die out real soon. I mean, I, I don't know pronouns. I know I'm a heterosexual. 
about it. I think in the sense of just yeah. as long as people aren't oh. harsh and aren't angry. I mean, how somebody wants to identify and live their life, how is it affecting anyone else? I was talking I to a, yeah, I talked to that a fella just, yesterday, know, so. yesterday on the podcast, and uh, he said, uh, you know, there's two guys got married. I go, well, as my 12-year-old boy mind says, well, that's two guys that got married, and that leaves like an extra girl out just to, you know, for the rest of us. Hey, <laughs> that's that's my 12 year old mind thinking you know but let them get married there'll be more girls for me (laughs) all right Uh, okay Uh, positivity got it anyway i I guess i guess you know my 12 year old boy you know for me for me i think um one day i bet you will get to a point where we're not talking about that we're just talking about the person you know, and that that's right. Um, I'm a huge fan of Elton John as well. My kids grown up in, in, in a very uh, colorblind, gender neutral kind of world. You know, like my son got teased because he likes pink. Not on everything, but he like colored his tennis shoes pink. And this kid said, you know, was hurt his feelings really bad. And, and I, I won't tell you what I told him that he could tell that child. But um, I was like, you know what? Don't ever worry about that. Don't, don't worry about that. That's not even important. You know, they haven't learned how unimportant that is. And if you like pink, go ahead and wear pink. I mean, you know, I, I, my kids just have always grown up in that kind of sense because, that's how I see the world. I just, whenever it's all boring, then we're good. Yeah. You know, I, you know I, I, I think we'll get to that point. I think we'll get to the point where all that stuff is like, nah. Racism is you know, fully uh, taught. Uh, it, that's, it, that's what racism is fully taught i know until sixth grade i didn't know race i was you know a kid in miami at a catholic school where we had all kinds i'm half cuban half irish uh, you know and i i have a cousin a first or second cousin that is black as night and he was he's he's, he's my cousin He's not black. He's Cuban. Ecuano. Mano. He's my brother. You know, and you say pink. That's my uh, that's my pink logo for karaoke right there. Pink. Yeah, you do. You have it right there. I like pink. It's the color of courage. Knights <laughs> used to wear it into war, into battle, you know, in the 1700s. And before that, you know, uh, women would give, uh, you know, they would their uh, part of their armor, part of their their shielding was was pink. That was the color of courage. And somewhere around the 1800s or 1900s, it became feminine. I don't know. I don't know why. It's probably some kind of a marketing scheme uh, to try to sell more pink clothes to women and more blue clothes to, clothes, clothes to boy. And, you know, just but the it fact separates that you us. said that, it separates do you us. know that if you're going to buy anything, say you're going to buy anything online, I won't use the, the, the company, but anywhere, say you want to buy anything. Like I've got a really cool red um, uh, uh, record player. It's red. I love it. But if I wanted it to be pink, it would have been 15 to $20 more. If I wanted it to be purple, $20 more. You know, it, so, so that when you said the market, absolutely. And because I love pink and purple anyway. I am a girl. I am surrounded by blue from my boys. But, oh, my God. See, look. Ah, dig the Nikes. Uh, this portion of the podcast <laughs> brought to you by Nikes. Nikes. I love them. I love them, you know. <laughs> It's because the only pink in my life is the pink that I bring into my life because I'm surrounded by boys. But uh, so, yeah, it's funny that you said that. But um, I, I, I take great pride in raising my children 
to see people and not 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 race and gender and, and any of that. So uh, uh, death, and I think there's a lot of people who do that. Yeah, I love and my I little microchasm. It's a bad rap because I think there's good people all over. You know, it's either you like. Uh, this kind of music or that kind of music. You you feel like this way, you feel that way, but you know that doesn't define you. You know. Yeah, I do. I really do think there's good people all over. I do my karaoke show on a Friday night, and you know I got people come up to me and say, "Oh, what's the crowd look like? What kind of songs should I sing?" You should sing whatever you know, whatever you like, whatever you want. I got black, white, red, brown, gay, straight. Uh, you know, we don't know. I don't know what that guy is. Uh, you know, he's so many. Yeah, but nobody is one thing anymore. We're all several things. We're all mixed up in this melting pot. Ah. Ah, uh, quit separating us. Well, let's, let's love each other. To me, we've always been several things, but thank goodness in this world that we live in, we're allowed to be. Yeah. You know, things are opening up in that one sense. I think that's pretty fabulous. You know, I think that's where we're winding good, down. Yeah, you, you know, you got your music coming out. Uh, you know, are you releasing it single by single? Uh, you know, like the good old days when uh, the, the radio well, station right, yeah, right, so would right hand now, me a disc. I've got I've got Spotlight coming out, and it just came out on Monday. And December 8th, my Christmas song, Merry Christmas, A Happy One Too, which I'd sing in different languages. Only just Merry Christmas in different languages. Don't get like I'm fancy, because I'm not fancy in any of that. Okay, give me <laughs> a Meli, then, uh, Meli Kaliki Maka. No, no, give me the different I, Merry Christmas. Meli Kaliki Maka, uh, Feliz Navidad, where, no, where are we at? Merry Christmas, A Happy One Too. You know, uh, I like the idea Example, of different, being, give me a different, being very inclusive. Give me a different uh, language. Oh, Frohwein uh, Haken uh, is a, a German. Boin uh, Dali is Italian. Uh, the hardest one is uh, is French. Uh, Joanne Noel. <sighs> it's hard to sing. And of course, Feliz Navidad. You're going to give... Ah, you're teaching people. You're international. Hey, yeah, ah, just to say that one little <laughs> the, the only one I'm worried about is the actual the language I'm trying to learn is French. Because I had a great teacher. Uh, uh, Miss Garcia was my French teacher. And she was... Yeah, she was so wonderful. And um, I just... I could never get it. I was just really, really bad at it. So I... Yeah, I'm got Paul Noble's book I think that's it on audio uh, uh, audio book and I've learned it I can uh, uh, <laughs> I can I think I can get a room and that's about it you know it's a je voudrais en chambre pour tu passant pour tu nuit avec douche which means I want to I, I want a room for two people for two nights with a shower because I don't want to share my shower well, like Gomez said, cara mia, cara mia. Oh, my goodness. Every time every time he, uh, she spoke French. Oh, that's French. Cara mia. No, all the French I know is pretty much from Lucy and uh, what was it? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because they, they captured Napoleon. And Napoleon said, Fuma conocer, monsieur. You know, do you do you not recognize me? Do you not know me? Yeah. I know a few other things in French, but I won't say them. <laughs> and then Lucy with yeah. la plume, la crayon. Yeah, she was trying to teach Ethel how to speak, and she didn't yeah. know how to speak uh, French. But no, you're learning the language of love, is from what I'm told. And yeah, every time you, every time I hear French, I love it. In the world together, you're bringing, you know, you're you're expanding your mind. You're putting it all on paper and then putting it out to the world. You and Jorg. Hey, Jorg sounds like a ma- uh, master out there. He's a, 
Maybe. He's a really cool cat. Uh, uh, I am very uh, blessed to have him in my life, for sure. Well, you've given a lot of shout-outs. Uh, any other shout-outs you have to give? Uh, you know, and I know we're, this is not going to be the last time we talk. Uh, other things are going to yeah. happen in Emily Irene Glazner's life, and you're going to come <laughs> back on the What Makes You Famous podcast and tell us all about it. But, uh, no, Emily, uh, do you have any other shout-outs to give uh, before we give last words for the people? I don't know. I made, I made quite a few already. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 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 I, you know what? I, um, I'd like to say a big thank you to Steve Willis uh, in in uh, North Shields, uh, uh, England, because uh, of you know he got me out for the crossing time. You know, I went to England and I played shows in England, and we're setting up for for uh, a tour this coming year. I'm working with George, working with him, working with other people, and won't that be so much fun? Like I had the best time in England. I went by myself. I went wherever I wanted to go. I didn't. I went to the comedy store. I was like, I couldn't believe I was there. I was just like, just looking around. A second row. I wanted first row, but it was already taken up. So, because it would have been so great for them to talk to the person sitting in front of them and then be from Texas. That would have been fun. But anyways, next time, I'm just thinking next time, I went and I, I saw castles. I did all kinds of things, but I did that because Steve Willis was like, why don't you come out and 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 do this festival if you if you can make it out you know Steve Willis and Leslie Tan so I'd say big big shout out to the Crossing Tines Festival that was a blast and they are amazing people and they were doing a charity for Northeast homeless and that charity was just really wonderful as well because it's homegrown and they're really trying and really doing good decent things and helping people and I. I love being a part of that. Very giving. You didn't come back from England like Madonna and start speaking all British, though. No, but I've already pretty good um, being the sense that I've been a huge Anglophile since I was a kid. If I want to speak with a British accent, I can. So when I was there, knowing that I pick up accents here and there, I was just really, really conscious. And I was so conscious that I was really, really country when I was there. I was super duper, you know. Yeah, but you <laughs> like were the belle of the ball. To, uh, as much as we I like their to, accents, they, mu- they must I, love I our accents, too. Down, I made it all the way down to the south of England, too, because I was all the way up north. You know, I went Swarland uh, and... and uh, uh, Morpeth and I'll up there and I came all the way down and I went to Bexhill on the sea and I was so excited to be there and I walked into uh, the Bexhill Museum and then this lovely woman her name is Pat but <clears throat> she's Pat two because Pat one said that she couldn't be Pat one because he said he'd been there longer so her name is Pat she was Pat two in my head I always remember that and I walked in and just kind of nervous because I'm there by myself and she said, well, you know, she said, hello. And I said, howdy, how are you? Because it just comes out of me. I normally say howdy, whether I'm Texas or not. And she turned and she was like, where are you from? And I said, well, I'm from uh, in between Galveston and Houston, Texas. And she turns to this guy to her left and said, put it down as Houston because Houston is farther than Galveston. I thought. I love this place already. Just that attitude, just that greatness immediately there. I just had such a great place. That was such a fun, fun time. I went down, I was on the beach. It's beautiful on the beach. Then I took a plane ride um, to uh, um, a, tra- a train ride. Uh, the day before I, I came down from Newcastle, then I went over and I met with people that I met face to face 14 years ago. 
and I went to Schwinden to see them. And that was great because I had to take the underground to get to a train and I had to pay extra money because that was no longer super something time. I don't know. I got there. I did it all by myself, came back. And I remember that on the train ride back, I was like, I'm going to go to Bexhill. And I did. And then uh, my very last day in London, uh, I walked all through Chelsea, walked across the Chelsea Bridge, came back. I think it was because uh, I think I was staying in I was staying in in uh, a hotel that literally you could go down through the hotel and get out into Victoria Station. You know, it, it was just the, uh, the Claremont. I stayed at the Claremont. It's so old. And I thought it was so amazing and, and majestic. And it's going to be, you know, you look at all the pictures online. You're like, oh, wow, I'm staying there. Then I walk through and I love it. Don't, t- don't think I'm thinking anything bad of this. I walk to my room and it's a closet. Yes. <laughs> it's just yes. Small, That's what I've been told. But I love it. It's wonderful. I didn't yeah. do anything bigger than that, but I just thought, you think it's going to be this big, magnificent, huge room, and I got a closet. Yeah. And I was like, perfect. And it really was perfect. I enjoyed my time in London. Uh, I had the best time in Newcastle. Uh, like I said, I was in Morpeth. I was in Schwalen. Um, I was in Tynemouth. I know there's... Um, uh, Anik, I, I went all the Anik and Allen Mouth, you know, I went all, I just, uh, I'm trying to remember all the great places that I went. And then of course, when I went down to, to Bexhill and then when I went to, uh, Schwinden and I just, yeah, I had, I had a blast. Yeah. We think of a place that's 150, 200 years old. Oh my goodness. That's pretty old. No, you get over to uh, mother England, uh, old Mary England, and they got stuff that's, you know, five, six, a hundred thousand years old. You know, stuff. I was, I was listening to, uh, uh, I was re-listening to the audio book, uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, you know, the Eric Idle, because I'm a huge comedy fan. Mm. Um, I've read quite a few, and, and I don't have any, I don't, I don't have any credits left, so I went back to reread that, and I'm really enjoying it. Because by the time I get all the way through it again, then I'll have more credits left. Because I just read uh, two James A. Caster books. I read, you know, Classic Scrapes, James A. Caster, who's an amazing, amazing comedian. He's so funny. But he has this book out called um, Perfect Sound Whatever. And it's about how he downloaded, and this sounds crazy, but it's about how he downloaded all the, in 2017, he spent the entire year downloading over 300 albums from 2016. And that's how he got through the hardest, one of the hardest years of his life. It's a wonderful book. I think everybody loves music and comedy should read it. It's on Audible. It's very, very good. Um, I, I read, uh, uh, I read those two books. I read, I read Billy Connolly's Windswept and Interesting. Talk about oh British God. British comedy, fantastic! He's he's a legend. Oh yeah, he's from he's he's, he's from Glasgow. It's that I laughed until I cried, and then I cried until I laughed to see the journey of this wonderful human being. It's beautiful, and if you like music and comedy, Billy Connolly is music and comedy. You know, and amazing actor as well. Because I just watched, I just watched. Uh, Mrs. Brown, you know, uh, with him and Judy Dench. And every time he walks into the room of any of, of that entire movie, he's got such swagger. You're like, eh, I love Billy Connolly. That's a great movie, too. I could go on and on. No, you are an <laughs> Anglophile, uh, to say the least. I mean, you've definitely proved it in those last uh, few paragraphs, uh, besides the Elton John and the Charlie Chaplin sitting behind you uh, on, the, oh, uh, on the video. Yeah. Well, then I've got the, oh, let's see, I think I've got the Beach Boys. 
you know. Okay, and well, then we got a little American in there. Sure. And there all my books, you know, uh, I've got, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're well-rounded. <laughs> You're well-rounded. World travel. And I, I suspect you'll travel yeah. some more. I appreciate that. Now, you didn't take the kids on that one? It was all you? No. No, it was all me. Wow. I, I, I was so excited just going by myself. I think that we don't get to do the things we want to do because we're with someone. We're always trying to want to negotiate with them or please them. And just at least the very first time I ever went to the UK, I was so excited that I went by myself because I made all the decisions. Yes. I can remember I worked with a travel agent and they were like, oh, do you want this tour and this tour? I said, I don't want any tour. No, Not unless I time. go there and I pick the tour because I don't want to be stuck doing something I mean, people going to the comedy store wasn't on a tour, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Walking through Hyde Park the way I did, stopping and having a drink and, you know, the, the, the water and then going back and taking my time. One of the coolest things that I did is I saw a very familiar statue and I was going, you know, one way and I saw the statue and I was like, no, I know I've seen that. So and it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's something in energy. It's this beautiful statue where the, the rider is barefoot, the horse is up. It's just great and beautiful. It's, it's stunning. So after seeing that statue, I just took another a, another turn. And in front of me, as I'm getting closer to it, it's this big, big, there's a statue and then there's a structure. And as a musician, all musicians will get this, you know, especially if you love old rock and roll. And, and, and classical music and whatever, I get on the other side of the structure and there in front of me is the Royal Albert Hall. And I thought, out of all places to walk to, I walked to the Royal Albert Hall. Wow. You know, uh, that was just, it, it was so, so crazy. And then shortly after that, a cabbie picked me up because I was looking at my phone, I was looking around, and he, he turned around. His name was Ian. I remember that. He picks me up, and it, well, he, he goes, he's like, "Do you need a ride, love?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I think I do." Because by that time, I really didn't know where I was. And uh, uh, he goes, "Well, where's your uh, your hotel? I'll take you there." And I said, "Well, I'm staying at the Claremont, but I want to go to the Comedy Store." And he says, "Well, it's not open." And then I was kind of cocky. I was like, "Yeah, but there's got to be a restaurant around there somewhere, and eventually it's going to be open." He's like, "Get in." Well, back <laughs> up just yeah, so great. because I feel like such a dunce. What is the Royal Albert Hall? I'm guessing that's a a fancy. Oh, okay. Uh, a fancy yeah, uh, it, it, music a, place? In the Royal Albert Hall, there's, there's so many amazing concerts that have been at the Royal Albert Hall, but there are mm-hmm. also places where, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> that they, they have concerts, but that's also part of the Royals. I mean, that's that, that thing. Like, have you ever heard of the, uh, I believe it was the Royal Albert Hall, and if I'm wrong, people tell me I'm wrong, but like where the Beatles are famous for saying, you know, the people, you know, clapping and the people in the front, you know, just rattle your jewelry. You know, it's the Royal Albert Hall. It's it's like venues. I know Elton John's played there. Everybody's played there. There's supposed to be a, the sound that you get. It's like it's kind of like playing Carnegie Hall. I you know, it's you. the Royal Albert Hall. So to know and to read about it and everything, and then just to walk right in front of, and then the other side of the Royal Albert Hall, like when I walked all the way around to the other side, is the Royal Academy of Music. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I just you know just turn around going like. Out of all places to, to go, I went. I just thought it was, it was really wonderful. Well, some of those stages, it's not just it's not it's not just the acoustics; it's the the spirits. 
that that inhabit those yeah, those spaces probably. you know that probably. that, that yeah, you feel you, you can see great shows at the royal albert hall like it's a venue it's a it's a stage it's like it's i i've read about it since i was a kid so to know that i walked there you know not even knowing that's where I was walking was so great. And then the way I made it to the comedy store was so cool. I tried to make it to Covent Garden, but I couldn't because uh, it got really, really packed. And I thought, I really don't know. You know, I'm, I am here by myself. So I turned around and I kind of kind of regret it. I did see some great um, uh, uh, um, street performers. And so a few of them, I would tip. Yeah, I, the thing I, I noticed is I guess I tipped too much <laughs> because people were always really nice when I tipped. Like when I went into the comedy store, uh, I saw a thing. It was four tips and it was almost empty. So I put like four pounds in because I normally would t- tip about five bucks, you know. So I sure. put like four pounds in. I'll never forget the lady at the, the, the bar. She turned around. She goes, my name's Lily. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> and I said, it's Emily. She goes, it's so nice to meet you. Where are you from? Because yeah. it was weird, I guess, that I was tipping. I don't know. Yeah, here, you know, here's just, some more uh, of that worthless other money. People, I don't... Other friends of mine who've yeah. been were like, you tip too much. <laughs> I was like, well, that's just how much I tip here. They're like, but the money value is different. I was like, well, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I had yeah. to spend. I'm going to spend mean, it. I had a great time. Yeah, well, what are we going to do with this uh, worthless money here in the States? Come on, here. You, you guys have it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. No, you're good. You're very giving. You know, when I got home... When I got home, I came home with about 150 pounds. Uh, no, I came home with 160 pounds. So I actually use that as uh, gifts. I And my, my friends all still have it. Almost all of my friends, I gave them 20 pounds. <laughs> and they loved it. They thought this was better than getting something else. Because uh, it's plastic, too. Like I, I wish I had my wallet with me because it's different. It's see-through, and it's got Braille on it. I'm just very impressed with I I loved England. Wow. I can't wait to go back. <laughs> and you've also man, I never know what I'm going to get with you Emily because you you also give travel tips don't get a, a guided tour just grab a map and go did you even have a map it yeah, sounded like you were wandering the streets I didn't have a map I didn't have a map I just followed people I I, I paid attention to where I was because I was completely by myself I didn't go down alleys I didn't talk to people that I didn't know you know I didn't and if I was sitting at a bar, sometimes people would approach me or when I was taking a picture. And I, at one point, there was a family that was behind me uh, right outside of Hyde Park. And they were, we were taking this picture and I accidentally got into it. And I was, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. And I said, y'all. And they were just like, oh, where are you from? <laughs> you know, because they love. And then I never said I was from America because I'm from Texas. So I was like, I'm from Texas. And then they love it. They want to know where that is. And then we have this nice conversation and everybody's very polite. And we all go our own ways. It was just I loved being there. I thought the people were wonderful. I loved the cabs, the cab drives. It was just every every bit of it was just fan freaking tastic. Oh, people around the world know where Texas is. You know, they may not know where, yeah, where Delaware yeah, is, but they know, know where Texas, Texas is. is. They know how important Texas is for sure. So it was it was cool. I was very impressed. Well, all right, let's wind this thing down. You got the kids all fed. Uh, you you had to bring home that food before we started this, and uh, I haven't been fed. Yeah, we got to got to put some food in Emily Irene's. Um, uh, belly there. Yes, yes. And I think but you know what's really funny. While we were talking, yeah. my my oldest son called. So I'm just going to text him real quick, if you don't mind. I don't. So we'll we'll text back. <laughs> I mean, we're, we'll you're well on your way to, the, to learning. He it. is on the USS H W Bush um, aircraft carrier. What? Yeah. 
My 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 oldest son's in the Navy. What's his job? He's very very <laughs> aviation ordnance. Ah. And I laugh because he'll say something like, "I was building a bomb." And I was like, Out "On on the ship, you're on a ship. You were in the Navy." wiretap yeah he's in yeah, the Navy. yeah. F- F- fbi cia nsa and, yeah and whoever's all, listening whatever, whatever other initials are out there listening <laughs> well that's fantastic i hope he never has to mm-hmm. see war i hope he always goes on those peace uh missions where they help people i Me wish too. we didn't have to have a, a navy where we you know built bombs uh, you know built houses yeah and and uh yeah. you know we'll go back to the beginning where just get along with each other, you know. Just, just love each other. Uh, this, uh, we're only here on for a finite amount of time. Let's get along. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. Emily, always a pleasure to chat with you. You want to give last words for the people? Oh, um, yeah, I, I really love this. I, I use it quite often on uh, my 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 Twitter. Whenever, not when it has anything to do with music, but with family and friends, and and uh, I just like. Find the good where you are, because no matter what you're doing, there's some good somewhere where you are. And if you take the time instead of finding the negative of like, oh, man, I miss my my ride. You know, well, then you, there might be something good on your phone. You know, the, just find the good where you are instead of trying to find something negative. Find the good. You know, usually I cut it right there, but I'm going to go ahead and let you tell people how to get a hold of you. <laughs> I forgot all about <laughs> that. OK, well, you can find me on Twitter at at Emily underscore Glazner. Glazner is G-L-A-Z-E-N-E-R. And you can find me on my website, emilyglazner.com. I got that from Elris C.E. all the way out in the U.K. Uh, uh, Chris Gregory is such a cool cat. He does a South Devon radio station, and he also does uh, websites and just really cool guy. So I'd say thank you so much because that was so awesome that he did that for me. There you have it, party people. Always a pleasure talking to Emily Irene Glazner. Oh my goodness, she's she is she lights up my my uh, social media. You know, I, and I light up when I see her face on my screen. I appreciate when Emily Glazner puts something out there. And uh, now she's got a song and a full album coming out just for you. And she's even trying her hand at singing in different languages. So look out for that that Christmas record coming out as well. But, uh, you know, please, by all means, head over to your Spotify's and your Amazon's and and uh, your Apple's and purchase uh, a, uh, a copy of the Spotify. I mean, of the so- spot of the spotlight spotlight song emily glazner spotlight check it out you know like i like i said in the beginning that song it's really torn down in the beginning it's it's really her showing off her pipes and the her abilities Uh, she's been honing that craft honing her her voice for the longest time and i think she's got it i I think she's got something yeah i'm a fan i like it and I figure if I like it, somebody else is going to like it, too. So, uh, yeah, I encourage you. Check out Emily Glazer and Red Iris while you're at it. Check out Red Iris, her band. She fronts that band. So it's a bunch of uh, bunch of boys, bunch of boys in the back. And uh, the beautiful, the lovely, the talented Emily Glazer out in the front. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast once again. 
<laughs> what makes you famous? I look forward to talking to you again real soon as time progresses. All right. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. If you, yes, you, I'm turning my attention to you. If you would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call. 501-470-6386 or email info at RadioWhat.com. That's it for me. It's KeysDan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcasts on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keysdan email info at radiowhat.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keysdan enterprises incorporated at keysdan.com thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great Great quotes a fellow who is always declaring that he is no fool usually has his suspicions wilson meisner the music you want radio what Dot com. Tweet, tweet, yo. Follow Radio What on Twitter at Radio What Twit. Tweet, tweet, yo.